Hello and welcome to the new episode of SupplyCast, the podcast from the Healthcare Supply Association. This week we've got the band back together. We've reassembled the SupplyCast panel, which is Clara Pennell, Dan Tag, and Keith Rowley. Dan, I can't remember whether you wanted to be called Daniel or Dan, but, you, but I've shattered you with Dan now, so... <laughs> oh, you have. It's usually Daniel, but it's okay. You have to, yeah. I'm, I'm a sort of casual person, so, Dan. I can't really shorten your name, Keith, so you're, you're, you're in luck. Or, you, or Clara. Well, you can't really shorten Clara, can you? Clara? Oh, you can call them K and C. Just Actually, Clara, between you and I, we need to get rid of Daniel and get someone who's called Fred or something, and then we, we can do. have KFC, couldn't we? That's a <laughs> <brilliant> <laughs> idea. <laughs> the KFC podcast. Fantastic. Uh, we, we've, uh, the reason why we've reassembled our, our gang today is to talk about value-based procurement, which is... VBP, but as I was saying before we started recording, I, I hate that acronym because you've got to leave such a long gap between the B and the P <laughs> before you say BP. Otherwise, you know, you, God knows what's going to come out of your mouth. It's a horrible <laughs> thing. So I think the first thing, my main thing that I want to, my main thing that I want to get out of this is to try and see if, if we can't change VBP to something else. Because <laughs> there isn't value energized procurement that would do me VEP much easier something like that I think would be a good idea I don't, I don't know who you have to talk to to get that changed but I don't think they will change it though because they've already brought out they've already assembled a little pilot scheme and documents and what have you so I guess our starter for one on this discussion is that document which came out in actually in February now doesn't doesn't time fly when you're having huge amounts of fun in healthcare procurement? February already that was, um, and they. So I suppose the main thing is they had a couple of you know they had a couple of pilot schemes that they spoke about in there that they looked at. There um, in that document in the introduction, they describe it as in adopting a VPP approach. There is a shift in emphasis from reduction in production costs which typically account for between 10 to 15% of procedure costs to working with the industry to consider technologies, products or solutions that can improve patient outcomes, increase efficiency and reduce the total costs within the patient pathway. I remembered all that. I didn't at all just read that off the screen <laughs> next to me. Bravo. <laughs> no, obviously, that's a lie. I, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I didn't know a single word of it before I read it. So VPP, I get, my first question is, what does that mean to you? Like what what does that mean to you? I mean, that's there in their introduction of the document there. But what does it mean to you? What does VBP mean to you guys and girls? <laughs> yeah, so hang on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want me to, Clara, do you want to go first or do you want me to make a start? Why don't you start, Daniel? Why don't you, you start, Dan? Daniel, Dan. Dan. Daniel. <laughs> Daniel son. That's the correct Thank kid, you. That's it. Um, yeah. So... For me, when you hear the term value-based procurement, it's about the, the shift from a very transactional operational approach to supplying the products to working in partnership with your supplier to build in innovative ways of working. So you're, you're taking a shift. The supplier just isn't supplying you a product. 
actually they'll come in and they'll say, where does this product fit into the patient pathway? How can we re reduce or eliminate the waste in that pathway to look at the whole life cost of that patient journey coming in from X to Z? And it might be that, that this is just one element of it. And then you have to shift just from working with that one supplier to multiple suppliers to actually do a value-based strategic procurement, which involves multiple different individuals and organizations to start from beginning the patient journey to start to bring incentives in to how we can reduce, say, I did do this project very, very many times years ago um, down for Bexley CCG, where it's based on cardiac patients and it's how you actually got out to them earlier on. So they come in and got the testing. So it wasn't that they had a heart attack and then turned up hospital. It's like, what can we do now to reduce and incentivize those patients for the future to come in? And that value-based approach is all the, then builds it all the way along to the end. So you start at the beginning rather than starting in the middle or the end and, and cut out the waste on that journey. So for me, it's understanding where to start and where to end, but implementing that value and removing the waste along the way. But working, you have to work very, very closely with your partnership. It has to be a win-win outcome for all. When you say partnership, Daniel, do you are you referring just to procurement and supply and the supplier, or are we talking about the system as a whole? System because as I, a whole. Yeah, yeah, because that, that's my yeah. view. Procurement. Um, need to be should be and I don't think we are yet more involved in the system as a whole and that patient pathway and those outcomes so this value-based procurement um, should have for me is a long time coming I think I say that in every supply cast of this has been a long time coming but it's something that I think we all want to implement and actually see it embedded in and see that change embedded into our departments and across the NHS but I mean, COVID's obviously um, put a pause on all of that, but it's, I think it's a really, really interesting, um, not a theory, but way of working. It is, but it's around, we have to ensure we've got aligned objectives with yeah. those suppliers and we're going to have mutually understandable benefits and success as an outcome. Yeah. And that success might be that we want to reduce the number of like cardiac patients coming into the system yep. and the only, way, the only way you can do that is to start at the beginning you know with exercise weight loss all those sort of different elements but yep. reduces the throughput then at the end yeah and, and kind of reducing their their length of stay and speeding up their recovery and, it, and I think it's great to see that people are recognizing that procurement are part of that patient pathway if you're not a patient outcome um, so I think traditionally, and for those who, folks who are not in NHS or healthcare procurement, probably aren't aware of how much how much we get involved in that that kind of decision making and impact on our patients. Yeah, so you broadly agree with what Dan, what VBP conjures up in your head. Yeah, yes. but Dan, Keith, I I I do agree with the way the guys are describing it. I I I think it's quite. I think it's quite a tough thing to tackle because I think value means very different things to very different people, depending on your context. So, so, so to a patient, what's value? Better life, um, no injury, no, no uh, in and out hospital quickly, or is it 
we want to deliver healthcare in a more efficient and effective way. That doesn't necessarily mean the same thing as the patient. And then if you think about it in the way Dan was describing it in, in that example, you know, that, that's a specific context on cardiac procedures. So I think it's quite hard sometimes to think about that value equation because it means different things to different people. So an, another easier way to think about it might be value to the FD is often cash, isn't it? savings yeah. value to value to to your ipc infection team is no no infection control and and patients in and out of beds pretty quickly value to your orthopedics department is 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 reduced revisions and successful delivery of uh, um, elective and and mission uh, um, non-elective care I, so i think it means different things to different people which why which is why vbp becomes quite difficult because what you, what you've got to define value, then you've then got to measure it, and then you've got to work how you do it. That doesn't mean, though, as Dan was alluding to, you can't take some steps towards it. And I think that's what we've kind of got to do. You can get lost in the concept of what VBP is, can't you? You can get lost in this panaceic utopian model, what's value and how are we going to measure it and how are we going to succeed? Or we could start to take some incremental steps on the way. And I think, I think the concept's good because it creates a vision and a panacea. But I think we've got to be quite practical about some of the steps we take to try and go on that journey because you know, we're not going to sit in the NHS care with all the information and the systems and the data we need to start to make it. But I do think procurement could start doing that. And it requires a much, a fundamentally different approach to engagement. It's not reactive. It's not, you can't, CIP goes out the window, in my view, in, in a VBP equation. You can't, you can't keep just transactionally focusing on price and price out and cost reduction. You've actually got to think about what, what, what's the overall thing that I'm trying to deliver and what's the best value for that. And that sometimes doesn't have a fiscal measure. It could be what's the opportunity cost of 10 people that didn't walk through the hospital door because we did something different over there. Yeah. Keith, I also don't think it works as standalone. So you, you can have the value-based element, but if you combine the value-based with outcome-based at yeah. the same time, if you know what, you're at, what the outcomes you require, so if you wanted to reduce patient stay in a specific area, that is your that is your largest outcome. So yep. then you then it's like you have to work backwards from that outcome and build the value in or take the waste out as you work backwards. But as long as you have the outcome based approach, you can add that you can add or subtract the value as you go along that pathway, and then you can build in the innovation. But you have to you have to really sort of design the outcome and be really thoughtful about what you actually require at the, at the beginning stages. Agree. And that's my, I totally agree with you, Dan, because that's my point about being, this is a proactive engagement, because actually sometimes the things that we, the people that we're engaging with in the lines of business, they're not even, they're not 100% sure of the outcomes either, are they? And no. part of the journey is to help them define the outcome before you work it back and go, what are we procuring? Because procurement it then becomes the last bit in the process, doesn't it? If you define the outcome and you've engineered the journey, the activity of procurement is the last bit. But the problem is you're trying to get us into that definition at the outcome level at the start because you're better able to define what that end-to-end -end piece of the jigsaw puzzle needs to be. Well, well, I'll, 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 I'll see, see, see you. Oh, go on. I'll, Sorry, I'll, 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 I'll see you. Go on, Clara. Clara, you're so keen. Go on, Clara. Keith, I was, I, I don't know. I, I think we should be at the beginning of that scoping um, of value-based procurements. If we come at the end, I, I, so it's kind of twofold here. 
are we going to come up with an NHS-wide generic calculation of what value-based procurement is? But we can't. We're not going to do that. So each trust, and maybe, especially given the Piton changes in green paper, ICS, needs to agree what that metric is to measure and analyse the outcome, whether that be tangible or intangible. But I think we should be kind of there right at the start of that, whatever it is you're looking at, whether it's cardiology, ophthalmology, it is to look at that from the beginning and start from the beginning. So I 100% agree that but yeah. it, it's a different type of process. Yeah. I'm, I'm defining procurement as the bit of the process where you, you, yeah. you engage the suppliers and, and you define it. Yeah. To, to do VBP, procurement does need to be, I totally agree with you, it needs to be involved in the definition of the outcome yeah. before you define, maybe I've used the wrong terminology, before you define the sourcing process, mm. which is often what people refer to as the procurement process. Yeah. Rather, it's it's changing the boundaries of what procurement process is, isn't it? Which, which you're right. Yeah. Yeah. We have to be engaged at the outcome phase yeah. rather than what we currently do, which I think is we get pigeonholed into the sourcing bit. Yeah. And I think that's a change. I mean, I know I, know I push it, at RBFT, and I think we all do here around, pretty, particularly the members of HSA, is um, procurement isn't just sourcing, it's a lot more, and it's trying to teach and educate stakeholders in NHS and actually probably the wider public that our, our value, so I don't mean to be cheesy there, but our value is actually a lot more than just buying stuff from the sourcing, from a sourcing exercise. We could be, we should be advising from, so let's say what you're saying, Keith, at the right beginning, and then thereafter, when we're contract managing supply relationship management uh, and, and looking at you know, our supply chain as a whole. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, agreed. And I think I think that's what Dan was saying as well. And uh, yeah. apologies if I came across as meaning we don't get involved. I think, no, 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 no. no. I and I think, I, think, I think you've absolutely got to do what Dan was describing, which is be clear about the outcome, because sometimes you can make the outcome so nebulous, there's nothing to shoot at. Yeah. And then it's kind of just a theoretical, ethereal exercise that goes nowhere, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, th I think what we've got to sort of establish ourselves as is part of this process is that people come to us because we are the solutions provider mm. or we provide the solutions to make this happen in reality. And we work with them to say, right, well, you know, you know where your outcome is. Let's see what best fits the model to make that happen in reality. And then we can talk through all those different models and all those different options to make sure that reality actually perceived is perceived in a way that actually delivers those delivers the required benefits and value going forward but not just for the organization because we're you know, value-based is going to change in the future as we merge more into the ics environment and we have to bring in more of the social care aspects and sustainability it becomes a wider than just one trust it becomes an ics wide yeah. initiative and yeah. that's when we can actually build greater value in because those pathways will go across multiple organizations. Yeah. And if that's you go to the intent of, if you go to the intent of what the ICS, the rights and wrongs of ICSs and, and so on and so forth put to one side, partly that's what they're hoping to achieve in the ambition of ICSs. They're trying to think about health and social care together with commissioning and provider rather than just provider you, you you take the people in an elective care for orthopedics you fix them and then pass them out the other end and we'll deal with them in health and social care actually what it's trying to say is think more and that is what value-based procurement is trying to support you know what's the end-to-end -end pathway to some degree and trying to work out how do we configure and that's where I don't, I don't think it's just a procurement initiative i actually think it's a business-wide initiative because procurement aren't just going to come up with all the answers for that 
re-engineering, no. re-innovation of the pathway, actually, because we don't fully understand it to some degree, but we know how to get the suppliers and supply chains involved in that process. So then we become a component of it. And it, it's a total organizational engineering activity, isn't it? Clinical services, working with ICT colleagues, working with states, because you might reconfigure your estate footprint, working with procurement to put the various bits of the cogs together to do it. And that that is forward planning of a business, isn't it? Rather than what we do, which is reactive contracts run out. We need to get you a price. Someone wants to buy something. Can we go and get it for me? Exactly. And we need to be less react. I know the nature of our jobs and our departments are reactive. And, and I think that, also depends on your executive and your leadership within each trust. So then it kind of, we need to agree as a cohort of procurement department in a just, are we gonna, is this gonna be rolled out? And when, and what, what's the infrastructure behind that? What's, what do we, do we have the right capability and capacity to do, do that? And it needs to be, it needs to be a push from not only the center, but from each of our respective um executives and ics leadership otherwise we us let's say for example you know us three on a call here as heads directors of departments um we could do this great work and if we don't get the backing it's a waste of time and then you lose that that like want for change and i think we see that quite a lot in nhs we want to change it we just don't have the right resource or we or it, it kind of dwindles off and it comes back again and then we get this feeling of resentment of well is it going to change this time I think, Clara, that's about finding that you have to find the right service or the right area to actually implement this in a way which will make fundamental differences. If you know that you've got a service area which is falling over at the moment because the pathways are everywhere, it's Mm. all a bit of a mix, let's refocus that, or a bit of a mess, sorry, let's refocus that into delivering what we want it to do. The only way we can do that is... We involve our supplier base. We involve all the stakeholders. We involve the patients as well, because yeah. that's at the heart of it. And we say, right, let's get a draft, you know, what do you call it? an actor patient, throw them into the mix. How long did it take you to go from A to B and get them to record or steps? I said it took me 20 different meetings or 20 different meetings with nurses, clinicians to get to this point. We know there's a there's a mess somewhere there. It should have only been four. So... That there are things we can do. It's just identifying where is the best place to do it first. I yeah. think with the ICSCs, we're going to have more opportunities to do that than less. But, but I mean, that's a huge task as well. Getting, you know, I think of my ICS and Bob ICS, three significant acute trusts and everyone else involved in that, trying to line one, what service we pick, bearing in mind that we've got... Lots and lots of stakeholders who would run, let's say, I don't know, pick orthopedics. They want one system. They might all want the same outcome in terms of consultants, clinicians, and the nursing staff, but ops might have a different idea. That could take months just to agree the scope, let alone doing the do afterwards. I think that I think that kind of for me is not a nervousness, but realistically, how quickly is this gonna we gonna start to see the benefits of VBP. Oh my, VBP. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tricky one. I'm still pushing for VEP. I think, my yeah. <laughs> I think Clara, you're, you're absolutely right. VB, VBP is not a quick or easy, simple thing to do. It's quite a complex task, isn't it? And and it's and it's one that requires different skills in procurement. Um, it requires people to to be engaged with an organisation's functions quite early on. So relationship management skills 
understanding what what people are trying to address understanding what's going on in the clinical setting or, or whatever that may be and, and beginning to think about that in a different way and then pulling that through and getting that engagement early and and, and kind of making those things happen but it, it is a long task because you'll go through some of the exercises daniel talked about long and you know sourcing becomes again i come back to it it's the thing that happens probably quite a long way down the process yeah you know six nine yeah. months after all of that started if you're lucky and and i think that's where it's a it's a vbp for me is a really good idea but we've really got to pick some areas where we really do it because it is a very resource intensive very long piece of exercise and ultimately the nhs will be driven by some short-term agendas and we won't get savings off the table and we won't get price reductions not needed. There'll still be things we have to get on and do alongside all of the other things that, that go on on a day-to-day basis in a, in a trust. Yeah. Yeah. So with all that, with all that, well, one thing I was going to say, just with all that said that you're talking about here, the document that did come out in February, which I'm sure you've all devoured every paragraph of, um, I know for, I'm going to go to Clara with this first question, with this, with this initially, because I know for a fact that you have read it cover to cover and taken notes because you showed them to me earlier. I have visual proof. Why did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so in terms of what you're talking, talking about here, that document, did it allay fears that you've had? Did you, did you find it, that it clarified aspects of what they meant by it and what it will mean for you guys? Uh, did you, did it muddy the waters more? How did you how did you find it? Did that doc, would you say that, that document kind of <clears throat> hits the beats that you was hoping it would do in terms it, of the questions that you have? I, I, I'm clear in my mind what hmm. the scope of it is and what the outcome of yeah. VPP. I've done it right. Value pays <laughs> procurement is, <laughs> and you know, discuss the pilot. They, they pick certain areas and and what the benefits are. But that's what 20 trusts they piloted and, and that's a very small cross-section of the NHS. And for me, given the changes that have happened, that have, you know, we're occurring with sustainability, we've got the green paper coming out and changes nationally with NHS procurement, how does this tie in with so many of the big agendas across the organisation? And for me, this is a, again, this is a big change. For those who know me, I, I love change, I embrace it. And, I think it's a really great thing, but that's going to take time in itself, re-educating and, and kind of almost, you could say, repurposing some of our procurement staff and employees into this new way of thinking. I, I just, I, my nerves is I'm behind it. I'm really embracing it. I think it's a fantastic idea. And that's what procurement's about. It's actually supporting patient outcome, patient out, uh, pathways, and obviously our you know, respective colleagues. But for me, I just think, they're missing the training and the education and realistic timescales. And what support would um, you know, us as leaders have to ensure that our teams can actually run with this program? And, and is it, you know, do, does it link into kind of the future, future of procurement, future, you know, HFMA talk about future, future focused finance. These are all big programs of work going on. We've got another thing we need to work on. And I just, no, I'm, my only nervousness is that this is all going to come very convoluted and people are just going to end up thinking what on earth is going on. And are these all great ideas but not see the benefit of them come through, which would be a shame. Um, Clara, I was going to say, this isn't like a, a one-size-fits-all approach because you, you'd only be able to do value-based procurement over 
certain certain areas oh, yeah, which yeah, are, yeah. So, but it also picking up what you said there and i was going to raise this earlier it changes our role dramatically because if you're thinking if you think uh, you or i or keith had to be part of one of these value-based procurements our role would change dramatically from being a procurement focus being part of a change manager being part of a project manager it changes the scope of what we would do on a day-to-day basis because we take us out of our day job to focus on this one project for about 18 months yeah and, and this is oh sorry Dan go on. and yeah and, and then, it, then it's about how do we upskill ourselves to be able to deliver such a, a broad range project what support do we need and actually do we take a step back and say this is a standalone piece we need to get someone else in to do this whilst we focus on the day job and it, it, there's lots of different aspects you can take away from it. Agreed. But I, you know, we, we talk about with NHSI, NHSE and, and ourselves as an organisation with the HSA, procurement is just more than just a buying function. So I think the fundamentals of value-based procurement actually just be embedded in our roles. Um, and I, don't, I wouldn't want that to be a standalone piece of work because then we're forgetting actually we need to change as, as a co-op professionals and we are change managers we are we, we do transform we do project manage we are commercial we are operational and clinical and I, I just yeah I, I just get a bit apprehensive this is a great idea and is it going to get lost and I wouldn't want it to because of all the reasons that Keith and Daniel have just said about you know it's resources upskilling it's time because we are reactive as well not in nature of health yeah. you know, is very reactive. COVID-19 is just a good example of that. Should stop everything. Okay, it's very unusual, but there are things that happen within healthcare that means we have to stop and, and focus on something that's urgent or critical. So it's a good that idea. That for me is the you... challenge. Sorry, I, that for me was the yeah. challenge, isn't it? There's a number of competing priorities here, isn't it? We, our last web chat was about sustainability and, and those kind of agendas, um, social value and taking that forward that's one aspect of vbp you know there's a ptom agenda isn't there the procurement transformation agenda um there's the day-to-day issues that we deal with on a day-to-day basis about making sure the right product gets to the right place at the right price at the right time all of those things are called demands on our priorities delivering vbp as well is another initiative on top of that as in in its work because it requires some transformation some of the things we're already looking to do like we, Clara, you're a big advocate, as well as Daniel is, in terms of skills development and people development. They're all things that help you build a platform that allows you to do better VBP. But for me, you're not going to get to, to, we'll be delivering VBP tomorrow. You might yeah. pick one or two projects you do it on, but we're all trying to, I think, build the building blocks to help us do that. Whether it's looking at the systems we use for procurement, the data we get, how we use data and information, how we collect that at an ICS or a local level, the ICS agenda will help us better do this. They're all building blocks. The challenge sometimes is that they don't always look like they're heading in the same trajectory and they all look like they're competing with each other for our, our time, effort and resource. Yeah, so how would you exactly. say you wholeheartedly agree? How would you say you're individually at your various tr- uh, placed? for VPP, if I said that right, VBP. How do you think you're, you're placed individually now? How would you feel about, do you think you've been in a good place to? You, you mean individually with us or yeah, our yeah. teams, both? Yeah, teams, yeah, yeah. I'll go last, Daniel heard my conversation earlier about. 
Um, I, I thought I feel we are well placed, but it's finding mm. the right project to be able to deliver, mm. and yeah. that's going to be the difficult part. And then ensuring we have the exec buy-in and the clinical buy-in to actually push that forward. And I feel coming out the back end of the pandemic, and still in the pandemic. I'm not saying we're over everything else. Nice to have this on the radar, but is it deliverable at this moment in time? I don't think it is. And I think we're going to, we're sort of, we're probably around 12 months away from actually even considering it. It is on, it's yeah. totally on our radar to do at UCLH. It's being pushed, but it's, it's when, and I think that's the question right now, when and with what area? Yeah. What's the priorities right now? Yeah. I think a lot of that's recovery. Sure. Yeah. It's recovery. Right. Yeah. I think sustainability is, I know, of course, Bob ICS and, with RBFT, that's a huge drive, and again, aren't something I'm really passionate about. But we, there's lots of change coming within procurement, and we're at risk. Yeah, like I said before, we're going to take on too much, and it's going to fall apart. And we don't want to do that because we've just we're coming out of COVID night by touch with coming out of COVID nineteen, and we're all we're all tired, we're all exhausted from it mm. as departments. This is we something that's come. Much. This is something that's come up before, isn't it? When we just discussed, is there too much? change trying to be pushed through at the same time and 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 at a, a, a bad moment <laughs> at a bad time <laughs> is it too much stuff and badly timed is it or, or what do you you know what do you think well i think if you yeah. put, if you like start counting it off we've got the ics changes we've mm -hmm. got the p-tom yeah. changes we've got the Regulation changes, yeah. <laughs> you know, sustainability, yeah. sustainability, Green social park. care. Uh, we've got like the value-based element as well. Mm -hmm. that, that, do we keep counting? Because yeah. we've got all of these different things. You've got yeah. then you've got your own staff shortages if you've got any. You've got all your knowledge and skills and upskilling and training and development, which has all been put to the put to the side whilst we've been going through the pandemics. So now we've got a multitude of different things to pick up upon and deliver. Hmm. And and do the day job, and and BAU is twelve months out of date because we're catching up now. Elective elective run rates are now one hundred and twenty percent. Yeah, um, as well as the market, Dan. Don't forget, we've as well as the market increases in certain areas of the market and construction still that's gone up. Medical, some of the medical tax stuff is are those prices fluctuating? So it, that is it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Bruce, to answer your question, yeah, so it's all, yeah, the, yeah there's, there's quite a lot going on. There's a lot going on at the worst possible time. <laughs> so, I think this is something, it, it, does, does that naturally, I mean, I guess there's been other periods where you felt, I mean, not obviously without COVID, obviously, this is, a, you know, that this has been a, um, you know, once in a lifetime career situation. Um, but does it, have there been similar moments where a lot of stuff has tried to be pushed through at the same time? And does it, always mean that certain things will just get kind of like left behind in the scramble I don't I've never wants that. No, I've mm -hmm. never known it as busy as it is now with all the different conflicting things we've got, yeah. we've got going Keith what do you do Keith do you, yeah I agree I think I mean I've, I've been in the NHS 10 years now so I can't really say whether it's more or less than before mm. certainly in my 10 years this is the there seems to be more emphasis on change now in a contained period of time than anything else. Mm. And, and 
change change is a challenging thing, isn't it? Change creates uncertainty until you can get that clear and sorted out. So, you know, PTOM is, I think, is a good initiative. I think ICS is a good initiative, but there's a huge degree of uncertainty that comes with those initiatives. And there's a lot to sort out within them. And I I think the challenge that Dan and, and Clara have articulated really well is, is you can only do so many of those at, the, at a given day for a given set of hours and, and pick, you end up picking ones you do. And I think that's where, unfortunately, in my book, VBP often falls down the priority list, not because it isn't a good idea and not because we don't want to do it and not because... But, it, but it's, it's difficult to put it at the top of the priority list on top of some of those other changes that are being put in with clear targets. You know, do, do you put VBP above sustainability or, or, or social value? No. Do you put it on an equal footing? Probably. Could, could both of social value, social value and sustainability deliver something towards VBP? Yeah. Could VBP help them? Yes. But you, you're... Right. You're going to pick one, aren't you? Because you can't do both at the same time, sometimes. I suppose it's a question of, in any industry when this sort of thing occurs, of whether those things that they're pushing through are complementary to each other or whether they end up being counterintuitive. So inevitably you get sort of pushed to one side. Yeah. I, think so you... I think they're all complementary. They're all right. linked. And that's the same with healthcare. Everything, all these ideas and changes are all intrinsically linked. But the problem is, is that these these touch and feel a lot of um, you know, touch and feel a lot of people across an organisation. Mm. And as Keith just said, and Daniel, we've all mentioned change is not as easy as people think within healthcare, particularly in NHS. And it, it should, if it, whether it should or shouldn't happen quicker, we have to deal with the cards we're dealt with. Sorry, excuse that really cheesy pun <laughs> um, or cliche, but it, these are all wonderful ideas. And I think I don't think there's a person in the NHS, in particular procurement who wouldn't want to embrace and carry on with that change, but it's, it's certain expectations, isn't it? And I think there needs to be a clearer message of, okay, the, these are all linked, but let's focus on, the, like, I don't know, sustainability or procurement skills development. Um, yeah. And we have a limited capacity resource. I mean, exactly. we, we I, you know, there's another initiative we haven't really discussed, which is how we're going to unpick what we created as a result of COVID. You know, we've created an entirely different new supply chain process yeah. with fundamentally different logistical capability, yeah. with warehousing infrastructure in every trust on every, that we're not in 100% sure we're going to need moving forward or, or you know, because we're still dealing with the uncertainty that's they're still there with COVID. COVID's not gone. Exactly. And, and we're not 100% sure what it's going to look like in six months' time when when we can live within a world where, you know, you get the virus, but but you don't create some of the issues that we created. And are we going to not need gloves in our trusts quite to the same extent we do today? Are we not going to need type two arm masking quite the same? We, but, and then we've also created another agenda as a result of what we're doing here now, haven't we? We've created a whole like, agile agenda yeah. where everybody's looking at working and living in a different, fundamentally different way. And I, I think all of that is just, I've I've never seen. I don't think it's just the NHS. I think I think globally, there's just it's like a ton of change that's all happening very very quickly, and some of it has just happened because COVID's made stuff happen bizarrely enough, hasn't it? And we're still wrestling with the consequences of some of that change, and yet we've got a whole other ton of set of changes coming coming our way. You know, 
Clara and Daniel both said it, we've got to recover from the consequence of COVID to our elective care services. How do we re, how do we recover that care that, that we've lost? Because when you talk, and you talk about that in a VBP context, people died that could have been saved, not just from COVID, but from other conditions that we weren't able to address because of focusing on COVID. There's a value to that, isn't there? And how do, how do we do that? So I think we'll always be doing VBP mm. in the visionary model, getting there. I think, unfortunately, I think for me, it will always be difficult to keep it right up at the top of the profile of the agenda. And I think some of our challenge is to try and bring it up that agenda and try and hold it higher up the priority list than yeah. our organizations and ourselves will, will allow us to do. It will force us to push it down the list, unfortunately. Not that I think that's a good idea, but that's what I think we'll end up doing. <laughs> so if, if I was going to draw the strands together and create something of a finale to this podcast, uh, I'm going to give you a score about chance. I'm just thinking, how do you, how do you feel? What do you think? VPP, VBP. If you're out there listening, Value energized procurement, I think is a lot snappier. <laughs> Easy to say, VEP. VBP, right now, in the near future, is it a goer? Yes or no? Yes. Two scores. Yes, it's a goer and, uh, and the score of the idea itself. Okay. Sorry. Is it a goer? Is it a goer? Is it a good idea? Is it a goer? I think we've all decided it's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Good idea. And is, I think it's a goer, but just not now. Right. So not in the near future. Well, I think it's going to be different to depending on where each individual organisation is or where yeah. the ICS is on its journey to becoming okay. uh, yeah. complete. And yeah. we're going to have to all choose when a VBP is accessible to us. Yeah. It, you know, it, for, for us, it might be six months. For Clara, it could be 18 months. Sure. Yeah. For Keith, well, it, could it could be 36. Be, we, we it just could don't be tomorrow. Know. It could be tomorrow. Yeah. That's the thing. The idea is great. I mean, if I, I'd want to do it tomorrow, I'm just trying to... It's if, about if you, resource capacity. If you saw the opportunity and there was the appetite and the initiative to do it, I think you, you, you would start it tomorrow. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And I think yeah. all of us would start doing it if we saw yeah. that project and we could we could see it materializing. Um, so I, I, I think it is important. I don't ever think it'll actually go off our radars. I don't really think, and I don't, I, I, I think we're inadvertently taking steps towards it without realizing it. Mm. We're just not. Yeah, we are. If you, if you, you know, VBP came out for me as a, a bit of an academic idea, you know, it's, it's how, how do you better measure value in a wider context than, than just price out? We do do that. We don't do it in the truest sense of VBP and looking at the whole care pathway, yeah. but we are we are starting to look very clearly in procurement at what is the wider value cost of something and, and the evaluation. Social adding social value and sustainability to our evaluation process in procurement is part of thinking about a greater value than just the cost price of the product. And and even even when we did look at the cost price of the product, often we looked at the end to end supply chain of that product. So we were always doing value to a certain extent. Unfortunately, VBP, when you talk about it as a conceptual term, is something largely the very theoretical at a very visionary end of the spectrum. But and we can devalue some of what we're already mm -hmm. doing because we try and think about it in its utopian sense. 
So some of this is already happening organically, in a sense, yeah. as, as it happens, and that might be the best way to kickstart it, you know, in individual trusts, for example. So it's something that's kind of is happening organically. But if you're saying, right, this is what, if you set a time, time stamp on when it ha- when it occurs, that's unlikely. Yeah, I, I think more more yeah. more along of Bruce that elements of it are happening, just right. not the whole part sure. of it. Because you you know you have to build to, for, to do the whole part, it's going to be something massive. And at the moment, we're doing small elements of it in our day jobs, and it's bringing it all together and bringing that multidisciplinary team together, focused on an outcome and requirement, and then building it backwards. I mean, we just haven't got to that part. We're just doing individual bits where we're looking at products where they're bought from, what's the true value of that product, and the comparison between one and the other around patient stay costs everything is all built in on just on the product focus at the moment but we may need to bring that wide into the pathways and then into the into the wider elements of the organization all the way down to the going even to the gp to start that process off from Bruce, my, okay. my take on it is jim collins talks about it in his book if you if you follow kind of business theory and leadership theory there's a book by a chap called jim collins and in that book he talks about the flywheel effect and that flywheel effect if you've ever imagined a flywheel, it's, it's really hard to get going. You mm-hmm. kind of got to spin this yeah. wheel and it's really, really slow and hard to get moving. Once it gets moving, it gains momentum of itself. Yeah. I think that's the journey we're on with VBP. We're already taking incremental little steps. We're trying to get that flywheel effect going and then it will gain momentum. But, that's but it's a perfect way of describing it, Keith. Yeah. Then I'll tell you what, let's, let's leave the discussion on there. We, we all agree you've just, you've nailed it, Keith. I've managed to bring in some leadership theory as well. What a closing statement you made. That's it. Yeah, I'm sure. Tick on my master's degree. Hopefully, Jim Jim Collins, you're not you're not getting a bit of a kickback for mentioning. Oh yeah, send him this podcast. Ask him for a bit of money. Yeah, Um, (laughs) I take. I tell you what, I'm going to end the discussion. That's a good point to end the discussion. I'm going to end the podcast with a an elegantly balletic plug for the summer virtual summer conference, as you say, which is going to be coming up a couple of days after this goes out. And I guess the obvious way to plug it is that a lot of the uh, agenda is about change management. And of course, that's really what we're kind of talking about here today is change management. So if you haven't got your, if you're not registered, then make sure you do register. This is, I guess this podcast is probably going to come out on the Monday or the Tuesday just before the um, conference on the Thursday. So make sure that you are ready to do all the great advice and and conversations, debates, interactions over change management on the summer conference on Thursday. So it just leaves me to say thank you again to the panel for joining me, Clara Pennell, Keith Rowley, Daniel, Dan, Danielson Tag. And uh, thanks for finding the time. You know, I know it's really, it's really, it's not easy putting you all, putting you all together. But thank you for finding the time. I think it's been a really useful conversation. Again, so thanks for your time, everyone. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you. Look forward thanks, to the next one. That's great, and that that's this episode. So I look forward to you listening again in the next episode of Supplycast. Bye.